The following program is pre-recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Lotus Radio's weekly public service show, In-Depth. To have your nonprofit featured, email PSA at lotusradio.com. This morning on In-Depth, I have the pleasure of speaking with Erston Witten, one of the co-founders of Soulful Seeds. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So if you can, just start us off. Tell me about Soulful Seeds. Soulful Seeds is a grassroots organization whose focus is on providing healthy food to the vulnerable. Uh, For example, we not only want to give food to people, uh, we want to teach them how to grow it themselves, how to cultivate it, how to harvest, and how to, in fact, cook it. So there's an audience out there that are in food deserts and they don't have the opportunity to get really freshly grown food. So that is that is that is the genesis of what we have been about, but we have grown pretty significantly from a real small garden of about a thousand square feet to now two point six acres, which equates to like a hundred thousand square feet. So we are on the move with the community. Wow, and how long has Soulful Seeds been a thing? We've actually been a nonprofit since the fall of 2018. We have been growing food and distributing it since 2017. But there was so much interest after we got started that we decided to do a nonprofit. And we got our tax uh, exemption letter in October of 2018. And we've been moving forward since then. I saw you started with a small lot that you received from St. Mary's. Correct. Correct. And so what was that journey like starting from that small plot and expanding that into all the services offered by Soulful Seeds today? Well, a little bit of background. I've been on the board for the local food co-op, Great Basin Food Co-op, for seven years. And uh, when I joined the board, one of my messages was, we need to make sure that this high-quality food you're selling in your facility needs to be made available to folks who can't afford it. And so that organization, the Food Co-op, supported us in getting started by supporting that particular garden with seeds and soil. And But the garden is, in fact, on land owned by St. Mary's. And St. Mary's allows us to use it to grow vegetables, and we grow intensely in that we for example, I just harvested garlic and planted peppers, basil, tomatoes, etc. So we get the maximum out of the short growing season we have here in, uh, in the West. It has grown in that we were on social media from the very beginning, posting pictures about harvest, uh, what we've harvested and delivered, about volunteers, what they were doing. And the interest just grew from, from that. People wanted to come and volunteer. And uh, we just continue to grow from that from that small plot. So do you see that there is a lot of local support, a lot of desire here in the Reno community to get those resources, to want more sustainable food and to really learn how to grow food? Absolutely. Uh, a year or so ago, my wife started a uh, food insecurity coalition, and basically it was a group of individuals in this part of northern Nevada who were uh, interested in providing healthy food. And we worked as a group to support each other 
and not interfere with each other. So if someone, for example, had excess produce, renal food systems is an example, or Desert Farm Initiative, if they had excess produce, they would let us know we would pick it up and deliver it to various organizations in the in the area. Tell me more about this network that there is in the community. Because I've talked with some other organizations, some of the food banks, and they talk about how they often receive surplus food from other organizations. And in hearing that, we don't always know who are the people behind that. And it sounds like Soulful Seeds is really one of the key contributors in that whole network. I would like to think we are, but also there are many other organizations as well. One example is a, a um, couple of years ago, a friend of mine who works with, who, who works with, not works for the Food Bank of Northern Nevada, uh, came across turkeys and uh, around Thanksgiving time. So he ran out of people to distribute them to. So my uh, vehicle was, which is a van, was loaded with turkeys that were delivered to local food pantries. So we get things like that uh, distributed to the uh, community food pantry in Sparks yesterday, food that was harvested uh, from the garden up by St. Mary's. And I noticed they had material from the food bank. And one of the things that stood out to me was the, the uh, Georgia peaches. So I had to try a few of those. <laughs> so they get some quality product. Sometimes, however, uh, they get what's in the normal food distribution channels. So what you see, when you see items in the store, you might see items that are packaged, that have been packaged for a long time, but they also get fresh food, excess food from farmers around, around the country. Well, if you're just joining us on In-Depth, I am speaking with Erston Witten, one of the co-founders of Soulful Seeds. If you want to find more information, you can go to soulful seeds You had started on social media pretty much from the very start. And I think that definitely adds into the community support and just the immense fast growth that you've seen. Absolutely. And I should ask, I should add, by the way, that during that initial phase, uh, my wife, Dee, took off work to really get the the fundamentals of the organization started get state license, get the uh, tax ID uh, certification, get connected with different parts of the community, and so and, and just really communicating who we are. So it's, it's working together that we have been able to get to where we are. Yes, and your wife is the other co-founder of Soulful Correct. Seeds. Correct. And I saw she has some experience in working with nonprofits and... Yes, she worked with uh, nonprofits for a long time. She had a consulting business, uh, corporate solutions, and one of her projects was uh, Casa Navita, De, De Vida, where um, uh, it's a facility for young girls who are pregnant, I believe, and she helped raise at least one million, perhaps two. I don't know the number because I didn't know her then. And uh, so she was successful in doing that. And she has worked with various state agencies like the Crime Victims Group with the Attorney General's Office in installing programs around the state. That was very detailed as well. So she And she's just connected with a lot of people in the community. She knows, she knows who there is to know in this community. Definitely very important in just setting up resources, 
and being able to connect with partners in the community who can help you deliver all the different services. Absolutely. And if you can, tell me about some of the specific programs offered by Soulful Seeds. Right now, we have a uh, 2.6 acre garden, as I mentioned, off Goletti and Glendale. It is directly behind the uh, facility where homeless people, homeless women and families who are downtown Reno, they have been moved over there. They rotate, groups rotate through there over time. And they have, I believe it's right, somewhere between 170 and 200 people in that facility at a time. So we work with, we're setting up a program with the case managers to work with individuals to come over and work in the garden and learn skills. For example, this Monday, uh, we will have, uh, we're scheduled to have five individuals from that campus come over to the garden and actually harvest kale and then take it back to their facility and consume it that particular day. We also work with a group called Crossroads. It's sponsored by Washoe County. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but basically it's with individuals who are trying to adjust their life to deal with life situations they're experiencing. And so they're going through counseling. They're in a, in a separate residential area, one for men and one for women. And I actually have groups from those two organizations come to the garden and actually work. And they, they like getting out of the facility that they're in and spend some time doing something physical rather than uh, sitting around uh, and having too much idle time. We basically allow them to do things. They will cultivate, harvest, um, pull weeds, uh, do watering, whatever is necessary in a garden. We rotate those duties among those groups for the two different locations that we have. So is this work related to the Our Place campus farm? Because I saw you have this project, a 2.6-acre farm on the Northern Nevada Adult Mental Health Services. Correct. Uh, That's what the facility officially on the, if you search it, that's what's out there. However, I understand that when the governor came through and toured that facility, he didn't like NAMS. So Our Place I don't know all the details behind it, but that's what has been established as the name for where these individuals are housed and or where they where they reside. And the programs that support them is in that particular location. So with the garden being really adjacent to where these people are staying, it's much more convenient for them to come directly to the garden and uh, and, and just do activities. I'm hoping we get to the point where once the the Washoe County is putting a fence around the property, and it's a big fence, it's an expensive one, we can then more ably secure what's there and then set up a program where they can, on a regular basis, uh, come over to the garden under supervision, of course. I see a lot of your education programs and part of educating people on how to grow their own food, prepare it, involves a lot of this hands-on work and really teaching them these hard set these hard skills on how to grow. Can you tell me more about these efforts? A year and a half ago, we purchased 150 Instapots and donated them to the residents, some of the residents at the Our Place campus, also to local food pantries, the community food pantry in Sparks and the food pantry in uh, in Reno. And that 
box includes recipes on how they can grow things, I mean, how they can cook things rather, rather simply. On the horizon, we want to engage local chefs in teaching classes. Uh, the food co-op also has, uh, they, they have resources of individuals who can cook, and uh, we, we would work at having uh, members, some of their contacts work there as well. One of our board members is uh, Amanda Burton. She runs the uh, Edoborino Tahoe magazine. She is heavily connected with uh, the uh, chefs in the area. And my experience and her experience has been they are very supportive of this idea and will do various things to support teaching people how to cook their own food. And, for example, if you look at the... Uh, I'll just use this one example. If you look at uh, the ads on television around dinner time in the evening, it's usually fast-cooked, usually fried food. And when you think about an individual who has worked all day, I can appreciate how when they get home, they won't have the, they may not have the energy to do a big meal. But there's a certain thing called planning, and so you can... You can use an Instapot as an example and start your meal before you go to work, and it'll cook itself by the time you get back. Same thing with, uh, with uh, crockpots. There's just so many things you can do uh, to cook a healthy meal where you don't have to sit there. You don't have to come home, start a meal from scratch, and then con the family would likely eat much later than, than normal. So there are just techniques to uh, do healthy cooking uh, without the intense labor that one might think. I mean, there will be times in any family where you can do, you know, a more ornate dinner like on the weekend or something like that, but doing their normal work schedule, it, I can just see where that would be a challenge. So there are skills that people can learn, and we can help facilitate that so they can uh, still eat healthy and go about their normal life. Those are definitely important skills to learn and develop. I mean, I remember growing up and my parents, they had to go work early in the morning, you know, drop the kids off at school and then after work, come and pick us up or after our activities, whatever it is we had in the afternoons. And uh, I remember seeing my mom start to use an instant pot and other tools like that more, you know, crock pots. They're often very popular because they do let you manage your time a little more and really be able to prep your food as you're saying so that you don't have to rely as much on fast food or processed foods and really be able to prep your own food more and hopefully be able to prep foods that you can sort of fall back on throughout the week, whether it's beans or you're prepping different meats or even just at the start of the week, you're getting your groceries and you're prepping your vegetables, cutting things, doing that sort of stuff ahead of time. And actually planning your menu for the week so that you're not eating beef every day or anything, something else every day. Throw in some vegetables, something that's really healthy for you and good for you. Uh, let me give you an experience. In my case, uh, I was raised on a farm in Arkansas. Uh, there were 15 siblings, including myself. We were in a sharecropper family, uh, but we never went hungry. That is because we knew how to grow our own food. Uh, we would, uh, 
I would do fishing and my brothers would do hunting uh, and my mother and sisters would do much of, of the cooking. But so much of what we grew was right in our backyard. And it's, it's the old saying, you know, you're poor, but you don't know it because you're working so hard with what you have. I do believe that we have created a society where there's a, a, a dependency on somebody else taking care of you. And we want to help shift that paradigm and show people how they can help themselves. I mean, there are folks in our society who will always need assistance, but there are those who can do more for themselves. And we want to facilitate that happening wherever it's possible. Um, one of the, one of the, uh, we've had several, I hope I'm not talking too much. <laughs> one, no, of, one of the um, things that makes us successful are the donations we have received. So we have received uh, donations from individuals, from organizations. Most recently we received a donation from the Robert Z. Hawkins Foundation uh, because they share some of the same values of really helping people move to an independent uh, lifestyle. Uh, we've had many companies, uh, for example, Tamwa, the water authority here locally, is allowing us to have water at a much reduced rate. And when you think about this dry environment, 2.6 acres, it takes a lot of water. And so we have a substantially reduced rate for the water that we are going to use on, on that campus. Uh, we've had others like uh, uh, Reno, uh, Reno Green was just at the garden today. They're going to install a drip system in the 32 garden beds we have built. And uh, that way I don't have to go, or volunteers don't have to go out there and water all the time. Literally that place needs water a lot. And so when you have other things going on in your life, you just, and our volunteers have things going on in their life, they just can't be there as frequently as the area needs water. So with what Reno Green is doing is helping us to facilitate that. Uh, St. Mary's Regional Medical Center is in fact sub, uh, sponsoring that because this is the group, uh, Reno Green is the one that they do the landscaping for the St. Mary's campus. If you're just joining us on In-Depth, I am speaking with Erston Witten, one of the co-founders of Soulful Seeds. For more information, you can go to soulful-seeds.com. I'm interested to hear about your workforce development program, services. We have a future goal of uh, helping people be more self-sustaining. One example is that we can assist people in getting their food handlers certification. If they get that, they're more employable in the restaurant system if that's something that they, that they want to do. We also talked about putting together a spice uh, company which allows individuals to put together products, package them, market it, and actually sell it, which gives them the experience of you know, product development, et cetera. So that's, uh, that's another example that is on, that is on the horizon. Uh, it's not happening right now because we've got to go through these initial stages of getting the garden fully productive, working with individuals who are on that campus and identifying those who have the desire, the skill, and the ability to learn and the discipline to stick with a learning program to be able to do to do certain things. It's interesting to hear how at Soulful Seeds, there are programs that expand beyond just agriculture and providing 
food, you know, tackling food insecurity. So I'm interested to hear about your perspective on other areas that Soulful Seeds kind of reaches into as you were mentioning in the workforce development program that you have, how you're providing people with the skills, teaching them skills in different areas such as product development. Well, uh, there are s- several life skills to be gained from gardening. One is patience. You can't put a seed in the ground and expect to harvest the next day. Persistency, making sure that you are doing the things necessary over time so that if you plant a seed of corn, there are things that have to occur over the 60 to 90 days that that is going to grow to maturity that you have to stick with. It's kind of like raising a child. You know, they don't just come into the world and all of a sudden they're self-sufficient. You have to continue to to work with them. So there will be individuals who will come over to the garden and will have a desire to work with it and learn from it. One example, many people don't feel they can garden, and that might be true. But if you learn the basics, there's no reason you cannot grow a tomato plant in a a flower pot on a patio or in the house if you have a fluorescent light, if you have sufficient light so that the plant will grow. You can certainly grow herbs in in a flower pot in the kitchen. So... There are just so many things that uh, can be beneficial to the person's overall life experience and not just the gardening aspect. There have been so many studies out there also that have said there is a mental, there are mental benefits or benefits to a person's psyche from getting out in the dirt and growing stuff from scratch. So, uh, Several areas around the country are doing that. The one that I th- I often use this as an example. I've never visited, but uh, in uh, Detroit, where they have a lot of empty space, there are community gardens that are very instrumental in the community. So, for example, imagine having a uh, garden where individuals who may not have the ability to work in the garden, but it's in a neighborhood where they can come by and get free food. There are There are programs like that around the country where someone is growing food and the excess is made available available for free. So when you think about the food deserts here in the northern Nevada area, there are sections of this this town where um, uh, a, a, a reliable grocery store with sufficient stock on the shelves, several areas where that does not exist. So the transportation isn't necessarily convenient. And if someone goes to a store to buy produce for two or three days, and let's say they're a senior citizen, they have to bring it back to home, and that's not going to be easy as well. So one of the things that – here's another side point. There have a lot of those. Um, the the uh, fresh vegetables that we give to the community food pantry in Sparks, one of the things that they do is put together packages of free vegetables that is that are delivered to homebound seniors, and they absolutely love that. Last year, we uh, donated food to the uh, Community Health Alliance, their clinic here on Wells, mm-hmm. and uh, they have a program as part of their uh, health improvement scenario. I don't know if I'm sure di- diabetics is a part of. I mean, diabetic patients would be a part of this audience. But to put together food packages for individuals to take home 
and uh, cook healthy grown uh, vegetables. So there, there are many things like that that uh, I think are beneficial to the community, and we're just glad to have a part wherever we can in harvesting and delivering. So when you have the volunteers working in the garden, uh, cultivating, harvesting, and then assist in delivering, uh, that, that's beneficial for that group. But it's also beneficial to have uh, those who have the, uh, have the need to receive some actual healthy produce. So now we're going to push forward into the upcoming event that you have. Tell me about that. We have a couple. One I want to talk about that occurs in September. We were contacted by the Jack Johnson Foundation, the musician, who his nonprofit basically selects nonprofit organizations who are into food security and into the environment. And so we were invited. How they found out about us, I have no idea. We are one of the, I think, five nonprofits that will be supported at the uh, Lake Tahoe Harris facility in September. So they are supporting us by, first of all, uh, donating $2,000 because we'll be there for two nights. They will also match up to $2,500 in uh, matching funds. We've already raised that. And they made two tickets available for each night, which we are auctioning or raffling off at $10 a piece. And the price of those tickets, if you had to buy them, would go from like $150 so dollars to over $500. There are tickets much higher than that, but that gives you an idea. On the 23rd, we are doing a garlic sale here locally. I'm a specialist in raising garlic, and so we use the produce to support our nonprofit. Uh, and that information is on our on our uh, website. It's here locally in Reno, and um, individuals will be able to buy heirloom garlic that they will absolutely love. I have no doubt about that. It sounds and delicious. The following weekend, I will be participating in a garlic fest, which is sponsored by Reno Food Systems and the Be the Change Project at uh, Dick Taylor Park here in Reno. So individuals will be exposed to many different. Uh, ways to prepare garlic and enjoy it. Because I love it when I talk to someone and say they don't like garlic. Well, you know, when's the last time you went to a restaurant? I guarantee you garlic was in there somewhere. It's one of the key aromatics in cooking. If it was any good. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, those are the two main events that we have coming up. We also have a number of fundraisers that are being scheduled um, where we will talk about our program, show them the garden, uh, talk about our long-range vision, and individuals who see the vision somehow wants to participate. All right, so you have the garlic sale coming up July 23rd. You'll also be participating in the garlic festival. July 30th. July 30th. Yep. And then when is it in September that you have that other event? That is September 4th and 5th. I think it's Labor Day weekend. Uh, at Harrah's in South Lake Tahoe. And that is an event with Jack Johnson, with correct? The, yes, with Jack Johnson and his uh, his nonprofit. And you'll be raffling some tickets that they're providing you to the show, correct? Uh, that is correct. Two tickets for each show, and we have posted it on our um, Facebook page. We talk about it at our fundraisers and just communicated wherever we have the opportunity uh, for individuals to purchase 
a raffle ticket for one of those concerts. Where's the best place that people can go if they want to enter the raffle? Can they go to your socials? Is there somewhere on the website? The most visible part is on uh, is on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, those are populated more frequently uh, as to current events going on with Soulful Seeds. Is there anything else that you want to touch on before we end here? Well, I, we are not here by ourselves. We have the support of the community. We are continuing to cultivate that support. This is a. We, I look at Soulful Seeds as a conduit or a funnel for the goodwill in the community. So we don't, and as, as an example, we don't have any staff yet. We have been doing this bare bones, not spending the money frivolously. I hope I said that right. And basically the funds that have been contributed are being used to set up a long-term program for this community. So, and, and I think it's a different program it's a model. We want it to be a model, not only for the area, but for the country as well. And we're learning from other programs on how they have made things successful. It's a huge collaboration if it's going to be successful. Yes, it's really impressive for the past couple of years, all the work that's been put in with so few people and to really gain the traction that you have. And as you said, to create this model, it's looking very successful. I think what it shows is that there are a lot of folks in this town who have a good heart. And uh, when they hear about our program, they want to support it some fashion, however they can. Today on In-Depth, I've spoken with Erston Witten, one of the co-founders of Soulful Seeds. For more information, you can go to their website, soulful-seeds.com. Thank you for joining me. So grateful to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to In-Depth. To have your nonprofit organization featured, please email psa at lotusradio.com.